So welcome back to Random Bakwas. This is part two of our conversation with Steve. Um, it's been really interesting so far and I think you guys will really enjoy and like this, where this is going now. So keep listening and enjoying and liking us and following us. And let us know what you think about this podcast as well. Hit us up on randombakwas at gmail.com. Okay, so keeping on the topic of fear, yeah. um, that there are fears um, that that stop you from doing some stuff and you know reacting to situations, or fears that your body sort of um, is 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 wired to um, sort of spread in your body to protect you. Um, but then when that when that temple when that sort of core of all your emotions and feelings starts to, you know, if it, it, it's attacked. How do you then deal? And uh, to be more clear, that we were going to talk about how, at the age of thirty-six, mm-hmm. you've suffered two strokes. Yeah. Right. How old were you when you had your first stroke? Thirty-three. I had them both uh, when I was thirty-three, a okay. day apart. A day apart. So they're from the same injury. Right. Yeah. Can you talk us a bit? D- talk, yeah. Talk yeah. To definitely. Th- those? The but quickly about the fear thing. Yeah. When I do feel fear, I just let it happen. Right. Uh, and I don't make decisions, right? Because okay. fear is an emotion. And just like, I believe, so fear is, is impermanent. Fear comes and goes. Love does not. Love is constant. That's what I think. Love always exists, whether you believe in it or not. I think fear is a product of the mind. I don't think it's real. But that sounds like you, it would have, you, 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 that then to me t- says that you, you would have really... Lear, taught yourself how to overcome fear over mm. years of being afraid big time really where does that come from when it w- what uh, makes i was a terrified little child <laughs> right um fixing it though uh I, I i don't know man i mean i wish i couldn't i wish i could be more detailed but what it is is and i will be so don't worry yeah <laughs> i don't know we, we got time end of interview yeah 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 Clunk. um <laughs> You know, listen, like, I mean, I'm I'm still afraid of things and the fear still gets the best of me. Yeah. I had a day the other day, you know, dealing with uh, when uh, I had to find a place to stay real fast because whatever circumstantially doesn't matter. But I had to find a place to stay like overnight. Mm. And thankfully, Max's parents were like, come come to our mm. place. Mm. It's amazing. But I, f- I had freaked out and I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? And it had that, I had that moment of like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. I'm in Melbourne. I don't know what's going on. I don't know where I'm going to stay tonight. Like, oh, uh, you mm. know. Yeah. And in that moment, I called my mother. Mm-hmm. She's my mom. She, yeah. She's my mom. She, she protects you. When yeah. You're hurt. yeah. And what was cool is that she really didn't answer any questions. She just posed them. You know what I mean? So she yeah. just asked me, well, what's the worst that can happen? Let's, let's break this down, you know? Mm. And that's what I try to do myself. Okay, what's the worst thing that could happen in this moment that I'm terrified right mm. now? Like, okay, let's say you're afraid of uh, flying. So you get on a plane. What's the worst that can happen? Mm. I mean, I guess if we can, this is going to be a good segue because the worst that can happen is you can die. Yeah. Some people don't believe that's the worst thing that can happen. Right. Some people believe in an afterlife where yeah. that's the goal. Uh, and for me, I'm just not afraid to die anymore after the strokes. Right. Which we, so segue, boom, yeah. nailed it. Yeah. Um, when I, I was 33 years old when I had my first stroke. I was, it was September 11th, 2012. Right. Never, never forget. Fuck. Uh, yeah. And um, 
I, I you know, I'll never forget it. Of course, yeah. I won't go into the whole story. I guess, but I mean, I'll just tell it how I go. But sure. um, but basically, long story short, I had no previous medical history. Mm. You said you've never. You mentioned you've never smoked. I never pink, smoked pink a cigarette in my life. Pink used, lungs, yeah. yeah, baby, pink, <laughs> like a. Eh, I'm just gonna think something gross, but I'm yeah, not gonna it's do fine. it. Um, <laughs> Source of all purity, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, I had no history. There was like n- this is just out of nowhere. I was long story short. Well, long story long. Um, I it was uh I was asked to be the best man in one of my my really good friends' weddings. The wedding was held on an island off the coast of California, and on September sixth, we went out there. This is 2012. September 6, 2012, we went out and we had like a little party for the bridal party. So we were on a boat and we were just like sailing around. It was really nice. Drinking beers, hanging out, whatever. The families. And I just got a really bad headache out of nowhere. And it was like in the back of my head, like just beneath like my skull on the right, like the back right of my neck. Right. And it was just shooting pain. I was like, ugh, like that's weird. And normally when I get headaches, they're like in my eyes or my temples. So I uh, right away I was like, this is odd. I'm going to stop drinking and just drink water and cool out. So we cooled out, went back to the place we were staying, took a couple ibuprofen, went to bed, woke up in the morning, felt a little better. No big deal. Throughout the day, I just took ibuprofen as necessary. So uh, then the next day was the wedding. Same thing those two days just take a couple ibuprofens as we go so we get to the wedding um did the whole thing and i was the best man so i was up on stage rocked the speech fucking nailed it uh danced with a beautiful girl that i met and like had a great time just like drank yeah Yeah, it was great you know it was great and i went home went to bed in the hotel next morning we got up and we left it was sunday so we all went took the ferry back to la and I went to bed and I still had the pain in my neck and I was like, "Eh, this is weird. Maybe it's muscular. I didn't know. It was different. Monday morning, I woke up, went to work. Fine. Little dull pain, whatever. Tuesday morning, September 11th, I went to work. Same thing. And I got there and at lunch, I went to uh, work on another speech. I actually been asked to be a best man again a month later. So I was the best man. Two times in my life, I've been the best man. Maybe there's a correlation there. (laughs) Okay. Maybe you should never be a best (laughs) man again. Yeah. Uh, so I went out to l- on my lunch break in Santa Monica on the Bluffs, which is just a beautiful place. If you've yeah. never been, you should go. Uh, just staring at the ocean, writing this speech that was going to be great. Cool. Uh, and I walked back to work, and as I was walking, they were cutting down this palm tree, like the grounds crew. And the way you cut down a palm tree, uh, if you don't know, is you cut off the top of it first, and then you take the trunk down. Right. So you're basically beheading the sure, tree. Sure. And I was like, huh, huh, that's funny. Yeah, They're beheading yeah, the tree. Yeah. So I reach up with my phone and I take a picture. And right at that instant, my vision just went like disappeared. And I went yeah. down to like pinhole and I got like the worst headache ever. Yep. And so if you've ever been hungover, which I know you haven't, yeah. if you've ever been hungover, Mac, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's like the worst hangover you ever, you've ever had times right. A thousand and it was just like fuck and i keeled over like put my hands on my knees and i was able to like shimmy over to a bench that was nearby i know the area really well so while i couldn't see i was still able to kind of i knew my bearings yeah so i sat down on the bench and i tried to get my phone out but i couldn't see my phone because it was just jumbled because my vision was all swirly and fucked up and uh then i tried to use siri but they were cutting the tree down behind me so siri couldn't understand what i was saying so i couldn't call 911 so I was like, holy shit, like, what am I going to do? And it's a busy enough place. So I knew I had to ask for help, but I was terrified to ask. I hate interrupting people's days. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so people are walking by, but I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to be a, d- a bother. Sure. <laughs> but uh, some dude walked past. He had a Detroit Tigers baseball hat on. Yeah. I saw that and I just stood up. Uh, no, Phillies. It was Philadelphia right. Phillies. My bad. 
<laughs> well, it matters. It matters, and I'll tell you why. So uh, it was a Phillies hat, and I just stood up, and I was like, hey, man, I need help. I can't see. And yeah. he's like, uh, like, yeah, Fuck right. Yeah, yeah, basically. It's <laughs> yeah. like Santa Monica. Like, there's right. crazies all over yeah. there. I'm like, no, dude, like something's wrong. I can't see. I just need to walk. I need to get to another bench to make a phone call. And he's like, all right. And so I just put my hand on his shoulder and I walked down the path with him. And I was just verbally like announcing my pain. I was just like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And then, so whatever, a guy was walking towards me uh, who I could recognize through my pinhole vision, his gait, the way he walked, a guy I work with, his name's Frank. And so I, he was like, what's... Steve, what's going on? I was like, I have no idea. I have to go to the hospital. Mm. And so I thanked the guy with the Phillies hat. Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. Sure. Boom. That's why it was clearly yeah. not Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> the Motor City. What is even that? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. No. no. <laughs> so Frank was able to uh, call my boss. My uh, my office was closer than the ambulance. So Frank called my boss, who picked me up, drove me to the hospital, admitted me right away. Bam! Right into the back, which yep. is pretty rare. And you know, you don't get ushered right in but right. because of my symptoms they brought me right in my phone i called my brother who's three hours back in massachusetts and said hey i'm in the hospital i don't know what's going on but don't tell mom and dad because they will freak out yeah uh, i called my best friend um told him he said should i come to the hospital right now no it's cool i'll talk to you in the morning uh they had admitted me my phone ran out of battery my best friend showed up and so my best friend who i called yeah I, I, I call him k his last name I was his best man three weeks later at right. this point, right? So he's right. the one I was working on the speech yeah, yeah, for. Yeah. So I uh, next morning, he rolls up at like 7 a.m. with a phone charger because he knew my phone was dying. Yeah. Um, and right after he walked in, my neurologist walks in. And my neurologist, uh, again, I hadn't met this person at all. Right. So he walks in, stands at the foot of my bed. Hey, Steve, uh, I'm Dr. Siegel. I'm yeah. your neurologist. And, you know, 33-year-old neurologist. I'm like, neurologist? Like, yeah. that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so he just stands at the foot of my bed. He says... Um, you know, I have to, I need to tell you what's going on. Can I speak freely, like in front of your friend? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And he says, okay. And I was just like, don't pussyfoot yeah. around. Just yeah. tell me what's up. Yeah. You know, I don't, I can take it. Yeah. And he's like, all right, well, you had a stroke. Yeah, shit. You know, and I'm 33. Yeah. Perfectly healthy. Never yeah. smoked a cigarette. Yeah. Never had any issues. And I'm like doing this like finger thing where you like touch your thumb to all your fingers. Like, yeah. do, do, do. Yeah. Uh, fuck yeah. that. I'm not, I didn't have a stroke. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah, I'm yeah. not paralyzed. Yeah, yeah. He's like, that's not the kind of stroke you had. Yep. He's like, get up, come with me. I want to show you something. And I'm like, get up. Like, I yeah. just had a stroke. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Get up. So you have all these ideas about how, about you're, how, how it should how be. You're becoming less able bodied. Exactly. Because of this yeah, thing that. Fear. Yeah. So, and it was exactly. Yeah. It's instant. And so he, he goes, uh, get up, come with me. You're not lying in bed all day. Right. I immediately love this guy because yeah. anyone who can talk to a patient like that, yeah. I just appreciate. Yeah. That's how I roll. Yeah. I don't fuck around. Yeah. Talk to me. Tell me the truth. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I get up in my Johnny with my ass yeah. hanging out and walk into the nurse's Always station. A good yeah. yeah, this is great. Yeah. And he shows me a picture of my brain uh, from the MRI the night before. And uh, there's clearly just like a fingerprint on the back on my occipital lobe. Your occipital lobe is right in the back of your skull. Right. And that's your vision processing center. Uh, so if you have any issues there, that's when vision wipes right so at this point i'm still like pinhole vision okay still still so this is still like this is next day is september 12th at this point so uh fingerprint on the brain i'm like holy shit that's real and so he goes back in we go into the room he goes the biggest problem i have is that i don't know why this is happening i can't tell the mris aren't giving me anything good the cat scans too i don't know and he's like that's the scary part i was like well fuck what do we do he's like "I, i can't give you pain meds you have to tell me when it hurts and where it hurts and i don't know i'm gonna figure it out so i'm like well, fuck. Yeah. You know? 
So Kay is still in the room with all this, and so he has to go to work because he has a job, and it's Tuesday or Wednesday at this point. So he leaves, Siegel leaves, and I'm there by myself. So I call my parents. I call my dad first, and I'm like, okay, well, here's the deal. I'm in the hospital. And it was, it's hard to call your parents and say, are you sitting down? Yeah. Like yeah, in a serious instantly sense. Instantly, that's like, I should be standing up. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, are you sitting down? And, I, you know, the emotions were pretty high, of course. And my dad's like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm in the hospital. And you can hear the yeah, of course. seas yeah. of, <laughs> and, um, you know, I had a stroke. And his mother, my dad's mom, my maternal grandmother had right. five strokes. Okay. She shit. survived right. for a long time and then right. finally passed. Yeah. And so in his mind, he heard his youngest son saying, I had a stroke. And he immediately thought that that's what I was going to look like, like his, what his mom yeah. looked like. Right. Thankfully, I didn't. It wasn't paralysis. Right. Um, but you can imagine. So I said to him, Dad, like, you have to be strong and help mom because yeah. mom's going to lose her shit. Yeah. And I was like, I'll call you when anything else happens. Okay. Yeah. So I call my mom, do the same conversation. You got to be strong for dad because he's going to yeah. lose his shit. Okay, fine. Um. So then I just lied in bed and waited. And that's tough. You're waiting for, I don't know what, oh, another stroke yeah, or whatever. Left alone with your thoughts. Yeah. yeah. And so sure enough, a couple hours later, I had another stroke. The The injury that I had, which we didn't know what, what, what it was, cut off the circulation of my brain. Um, and then I had another stroke. I forget which lobe it was. Thank God I've forgotten because, yeah. you know, you don't live with it for a long time. Um, anyway, I had the stroke. It was like two, three millimeters away from like where I would have been paralyzed. Right. Um, but fortunately it was far enough away. It didn't happen. And the nurses rushed in. The doctors came in more MRIs, more scats, cat scans. Oh my God. Like what the fuck? Mm. Uh, they bring me back out and then Dr. Siegel comes in and it's just me and him. And he comes up to my gurney and he leans over and he says, Steve, I have no idea what's going on. Fuck, I still can't see what's going you on. Hear from a doctor, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I still can't see what it is. Um, and he said, uh, he said, if this doesn't let up, meaning the strokes, we'll ha we might have to drill a hole to ease the pressure in my skull, drill yeah, a hole in my skull. And so I'm like, well, fucking drill then, because yeah. that sucked. Yeah. And I don't want to deal with that shit again. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not ready yet. Like, yeah. I'm just, I can't, not yet. And he said, if we have to do the surgery, and he said, quote, uh, this is bad. There is no room for error. Right. And so that's what he said. And then he was like, I'll be back. I'm going to figure this out. But what I heard was, this is it. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. And so at that point was when I was like, okay, like this is my last day on earth right now. And then that's, that's when, that's when you, that's when everything changes, you know, at least it did for me. And the, so what, what I, the, my response, which I had no fucking idea and hopefully none of you guys have ever had to deal with that. But when, when I was faced with what I thought was my sure I'm going to die either from surgery or from just fucking strokes crushing me. Um, I was like, okay, well I'm not going to fucking disappear. Like that's not how I roll. You know, right. I'm loud enough in yeah. this world. <laughs> yeah. And so I went on Facebook because it's Facebook yeah. and I wrote what I thought was going to be my last Facebook update ever. Right. And I just wrote love this life because yeah. I didn't know what the fuck else to say. Yeah. I didn't want to like set off a firestorm yeah. of people being like, fuck, you know, yeah. And then I just started writing my goodbyes to my family and friends and my yeah. phone. Like, thank God, technology. Yeah, right? of course. And, you know, to my mom, my dad, my niece, who was th two, two months old, who I never would have met, my nephew, who was three, and he never would have remembered me. And just, like, going through that process of, like, this is it. Like, I'm done. But the thing, and I, was, I, I cried and I was sad, but I was not, like, I wasn't, like, afraid to go. I felt actually 
safe. I felt comfortable, um, meaning I felt like warm, like I was being held and like taken care of, you know? And I don't believe in God per se. Um, I believe in something greater than me and greater than us. I don't know what it is. That's fine. But that day was important because I felt fine. You know, this sucks, but I lived a fucking awesome life, even though it was short. And, you know, here we are. And I'm I'm cool, you know. And then, so I was able to process that. And then a couple hours later, Dr. Siegel runs in with a couple nurses. They start swapping out my IV. And he's like, okay, I'm like 99% sure I figured it out. Yeah. We're not going to drill a hole in your head. I'm yeah. sorry. I scared the shit out of you <laughs> earlier. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Did you call in sick? <laughs> you Those know. assholes. They yeah. made me come in. Yeah. Nah, nah. Yeah. Um, so he says, I'm sorry. I scared the shit out of you earlier. That's yeah. a direct quote. Uh, and he's like, I think I found he basically what he saw in the MRI or what CAT scans or whatever those doctors look at. Uh, the blood started rerouting itself around this one tiny little area in my, in my in an artery and already like five, six days later. The blood already started to like the brain was like, whoa, that's bullshit. Let's make some changes. OK, hold up. Yeah. I need to stop. Him yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Because sorry. there is a moment here yeah. when you're you've written your last Facebook page. Yes. Right. Post. And you've uh, you've started writing your your goodbye sort of s yeah. little segments to your cousins and family members. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Zoom in and sort of just slow down on that on that on that on w on what your thought thoughts are mm -hmm. around that time. You said you felt warm and mm -hmm. you used the word safe and at peace. How do you? And I assume you were alone when you were going yeah. through all these emotions. How do you go from you know? being financially responsible and having all those thoughts and going to work and blah, blah, blah to coming to terms with all of that. Uh, man. In the, in that, whatever, however long that took that moment, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Between you being told pretty much that, Oh, this is bad. Yeah. To hold on a minute. You're right. Yeah. That, uh, you know, honestly, I don't think I ever compared. I don't think I looked back. Um, I, I didn't, I don't think about the minutia of life in those moments. I mean, I didn't in that moment. I don't know. I've only had one of those moments. So yep. uh, I I was just, you know, I didn't think about what my life was or if I had wasted time or anything like that. I think I just recognized that if if that was it, those previous 33 years were worth it. And I think, I think I just recognized that I did the best I could, especially recently. Like I had started turning my life around in my early thirties, like really finding purpose, if you will, yeah, and giving my of myself more. So I I don't know if I had a direct, you know, like um, left right comparison with day job, right, minutia, bills, and now I'm gonna die. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it was just, well, I'm not going to disappear. You know, I wasn't just going to fucking one day not be there. Right. Now that I've done that, I'm sure I can afford to just disappear one day. Yeah. You know, hopefully that won't happen. Hopefully I get to say, but at least say goodbye. But I, I don't know. I just felt more. I was so. Yeah. Fuck. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, what, yeah. What, did, it, did it have to be a fucking stroke for you to forgive yourself or accept the 33 years of your life. Do you know what I mean? 
Because a lot no. of people don't get, get yeah. to that stage ever. Agreed. And and here's here's what here's what happened. And uh, let me kind of finish the story and come back because yeah. you mentioned something at yeah. dinner that yeah. I wanted to talk about about your other okay. interview. Yeah. So let me just kind of wrap up the details yeah. and then we'll come back to sure. that thought because it's an excellent and it's a good thought because I haven't I obviously haven't been able to process it as much. Yep. Um, what you just um, told me about like that moment of knowing that it's happening, I, I I've. I have I've been through a similar situation, not not a stroke or anything like that, but near death experience is what I would call it. Um, and for me, for me personally, I think it was more like you, you when you know that it it is the end moment or this is about to happen. I don't think your mind is even looking at the past or processing what the responsibilities are of your day. It all becomes a blur. None of that is all important. All you are thinking at that moment is. You know how they say there's a cliche that your life flashes back in front of your eyes. None of that happens to, from from what I experienced. Um, well, I think everything just becomes a blur in the past. Nothing is important. If anything, the only thing that's important is that moment that you're about to go through, um, and it's it's how everyone different reacts differently. For me, I felt at peace at that moment, and I and it, the feeling that I had in my mind was that. If this is going to be it, I'm happy right now in this moment. I feel happy. I feel content for some reason. I felt content in that moment. And just even thinking about it now, I've got uh, chills going through my spine, but it was it was a content feeling for some reason. And I don't know how to explain it in words or put it in words, but um, yeah, that that's yeah. what my experience was. And if just a quick recap. Well, what basically happened was um, I thought my plane was going to crash, basically, because we did a nose dive. The masks dropped. It was dramatic. Food was flying everywhere. Kids were crying. Bags were flying. They had just served food, so it was, and the plane just nose dived. And I thought this is it for me. This is this is the last moment of my life. And uh, I was, I think, 24 at that time or 23. Be, being at that young age and not living your life to to its complete formative years and other other later years, I still felt content at that moment for some reason. I don't know what it was, but yeah. And and my issue with that, I'm we're gonna come back to after your story's done with that whole thing is when fear should be at its peak is when your body is saying, you know what, it's fine. And it, it, it takes it's taken the most extremes of circumstances for your body to let go of fear. Whereas when your your life is not in danger and everything is fine really, is when you are constantly afraid of things that may or may happen to you. And uh, that doesn't that, that shit doesn't sit right with me at all. Um and I want to if there's anything I should be practicing is overcoming, you know, is 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 that, you know, is managing that. Well, because it that shit ruins lives, you know what I mean? And for it, sure. It, it shouldn't take. I mean, it, sure, there's lo- global warming is a, is a fucking issue, but like people <laughs> having people figure out their life just before they're about to right. die potentially is a is a bigger problem Absolutely. because you know. Well, well, it's an interesting point. I, I appreciate your your the contribution because that's a good way to put it. You, you don't know. You don't give a shit. Like nothing fucking matters. The only thing that mattered to me was like my relationships, and so that's what I thought about. I had a longer time. You had like seconds probably but i had like a longer time to ponder those things i didn't think about the things that didn't matter yeah but the the irony is is that um you know the fear 
you don't need to be afraid, right? So the the when you don't have the chance to think, rather when you think there are no moments left, this moment you only think about this one. Yeah. And your yes, and your acknowledgement, the one you're in, exactly. The, your acknowledgement of I'm happy now. I'm content now. And this sucks, but fuck it, hey, I, I feel okay with my state of being. But we never feel like that on a daily basis no. because I have to do that. And yeah. then I didn't do that. It's always living in the future, living in the yeah. past. So if you're living in the future, you're not living in the moment. Therefore, you're not content. Mm. You you can't be. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. If you're thinking about a past relationship or I fucking forgot to pay the bills and now I owe more money, you're living in the past, you know? Yeah. So if you do your best to not live in either of those places and just be present today, then you will in theory be living in that sense. Yeah. So when I was told, well, when I heard that I thought I was going to die, I, w- I didn't, the future didn't matter because I had no future. The past didn't matter because it was gone and there's nothing I could do about it. I even acknowledged one relationship that I had that was not repaired. Mm. It was an ex who I loved to pieces um, and we became friends and then stopped being friends. Mm. And she would, she would get it. It'd be yeah. okay. That one relationship that I was like, eh, she's the only one that maybe no, she'll be yeah. fine. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter. You know what I mean? If you're fucking dead, you're dead. Yeah. So that's kind of how I see it. And so I agree with you that like in that moment, you don't think you just are right. Yeah. And so the, you know, it's like meditating. I know we'll probably talk about that in a bit, but yeah. like in meditation, you're just there. Yeah. You know, I don't know how to describe it's it. It's so hard to do. It is so hard so to do. So fucking hard it's to do. It's so hard to do. You know. Totally. And we'll talk. We'll tell you a bit about you know, for example, mm-hmm. an insight into Muslims and and mm-hmm. how they have to pray five times a day and all that stuff and the the actual requirement, you know, the 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 the, the prerequisite is that you are in the moment. Mm-hmm. There's a joke about. Um, mullahs who are ba- basically sort of your priests mm-hmm. and 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 a guy goes to a mullah and says hey i can't i can't find something around my i can't find my keys or something right and he goes hey why don't you pray and you'll find them and he com- goes and prays and comes back the next day he goes i found my keys how did you know that was going to happen um he's he goes no why don't you tell me what happened when you prayed he said as soon as i started praying i thought about where the keys could have been <laughs> and i found the keys <laughs> <laughs> And so it's <laughs> exactly you know, it's about the, yeah. the prayer. You might go through the emotions, but yeah. you really need to, you know. And and I feel like the the mind is in tune with the frequency of the world. Mm-hmm. And when you try to cut away from that frequency, it is fucking hard. Mm-hmm. But when you can get to that own your own frequency, there's nothing like it. The ohm, right? Yeah. When the you can tune yourself to that ohm, yeah. Holy shit, things yeah. change. Okay. So, so the doctors okay. and nurses come back. Doctors and nurses come back. You're not going to die. Hooray. And uh, so then I'm in the hospital for eight days. They basically found the tear in an artery in my brain. What happened was it's called spontaneous vertebral artery dissection. Yeah. SVAD. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sounds like something from the X-Men movies. You'll, you'll, you'll listen to it on the edit and yeah. you'll know what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty rare, um, but it happens from people who sneeze really hard. Okay. Uh, or if you like whip your head around to look at traffic, it can happen. It's crazy. I don't know what happened. I gotta stop sneezing hard because I gotta, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. It's pretty rare, <laughs> but uh, you, you, I don't know what happened. I never asked why. Uh, they said, "What did you do that day that might have done that?" I'm like, I don't fucking know. I got up and went around and did stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I never asked why me. I was never like, "Why me? Why did this happen to me?" It was just okay. What do we do now? You right. know. 
and yeah, I was scared and yeah, I cried and yada yada. Of course there was those real emotions, mm. but at the end of the day, like you got to just fucking go. Mm. So I'm in the hospital for eight days. They put me on this drug called heparin, right. which is what they call blood thinner, which right. technically doesn't thin your blood, but it clot, it busts clots right. and yada, yada, yada. Uh, Eight days later, they let me out, and they're like, "All right, good luck." <laughs> you know, what? I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> what? <laughs> That's it? What? Yeah. I, I was I, I've been in the ICU for eight <laughs> eight fucking days, and I'm home alone in an apartment by myself. What the hell? Yeah. That was the scariest night I think of of all of it because it was like I'm gonna die definitely tonight. Yeah, you know, like the just, irony of it. Yeah. Oh, you're fine. Yeah. Boom. Um. But yeah, it's a, progress is not linear. That's for fucking sure. Yeah. I mean, you get out of the hospital, and I was in the hospital five days later, you know, because I was like, "Whoa, something hurts," and like went right, back. And course. they say, "Dude, anything feels weird, just go back." Because you're, you're back. like, "I was ready to die, dude." Yeah, so like, uh, I'm like, I'm still on the clock. So. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm on like, borrowed time. Yeah. Like I'm cool. Yeah, I'm, my body adjusted to the <laughs> idea, of, and now I'm starting. I have to worry about have, bills like, again. Right, like, exactly. You know what I mean? Wait, shit. Like, <laughs> which which key gets me into my apartment? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Fuck that. So yeah. So I got through that moment, and now you. Gonna take it away from me, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. I already wrote the goodbyes. Like, what now? What? So now his uh, best man speech is really fucking depressing. Because oh man, oh I'm like I love you. (laughs) No, dude. So check this out. So I get out of the hospital, and uh, you know, uh, as far as the health goes, four months later I was off meds. So January 2014, I got or 2013, I got off meds, which was fantastic. Now I just take a baby aspirin every day, just which is normal anyway for people in my age bracket. I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm not that old. Yeah. <laughs> Real um, fucking father But clock, like to yeah. prevent heart attack anyway. Sure. Uh, and uh, yeah, and my blind spot has gone, or my blindness has gone away. So like what was a pinhole vision has kind of come back. And I do have a permanent blind spot, which is in both eyes because it's on my occipital lobe, which right. is again, the vision processing center. So it's like bottom left, like just south, southwest of center. So like I'm looking at you in the eyes right now. It's just kind of like on your cheek. Okay. And so it's just like a, bl- like a mesh of the tones like the color hues okay. around that area so like i can look it's everywhere all the time right whatever it's not that big a deal i can drive i can do the whole thing and now it's it's it's, it's just for, it's it. my scar you don't you don't miss what you don't remember like, exactly I mean, yeah. yeah i mean i don't remember what clarity looks like yeah. you know anyway so that's the thing but the key and this kind of draws back to a previous topic which was after I had these strokes, so those eight days I was in the hospital my best friend Kay and his fiance at the time came to the hospital every day and sometimes twice a day. They brought me outside food. They snuck me outside food. Right. Um, his fiance was such a peach. I mean, talk about a friend. Yeah. She had to go into my underwear drawer yeah. and touch my underwear yeah. and bring them to the hospital. Sure. Like she'd never wanted to do that right. in her life. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they did all these wonderful things for me while yeah. I was in the hospital. They're just fucking amazing. That's just the way they are. Yeah. There's no question. But they're getting married in like three weeks. Mm. So three weeks later, I'm like, I'm going to the wedding. My doctor's like, uh, it's in like you know it's like Santa Barbara ish right. it was just like an hour and a half drive from LA he's like uh, I don't think that's a good idea I'm like well too fucking bad I'm going yeah. like deal with it yeah <laughs> he's like all right fine but give everyone you know my phone number just in case yeah if they find you horizontal yeah. anywhere <laughs> they'll call yeah, the me highway, yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh we go up to the wedding do the whole thing and I've known Kay since I was 15 so all our friends from like high school plus are the same so like right. all our boys were there from high school. All our LA crew was there. His family knows me very well, and her family doesn't. But whatever. So th- it, I kept joking with them that it was their wedding, but it was my party yeah. because a lot of my my friends hadn't seen me, and they were fucking terrified. So yeah. they were like, "Oh, you're okay." 
So anyway, I give the speech, and I'm like pretty, you know, I love speeches anyway, yeah. I mean, if you can tell. So you want you want, you oh, to drop the mic? I was yeah. going to nail yeah. that shit anyway, Yeah. and then this happened, I yeah. was like, oh. Uh, yeah. So I told the speech, it was the longest fucking best man yeah. speech ever, it was like 15 minutes, I mean, it's way oh, wow. too long. Yeah. yeah. But it was funny, <laughs> like it works, because yeah. I started like funny and like yeah. punctuating jokes for like my boys from home, my yeah, LA yeah, crew, yeah. the families, yeah, boom, yeah. boom, boom, right, hey, laugh, 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 yeah, laugh, yeah. laugh. And then I get to the point, I say, hey, and this thing happened. So yeah. three weeks ago, I had a stroke. I'm going to be fine. It's cool. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. We'll talk later. But mm. this is why I'm bringing it up. And it's because these two fucking people were like amazing. Yeah. And like they had a wedding. Yeah. Like their biggest fucking day of their life. Yeah. This isn't like a birthday party. Yeah. I mean, holy shit. And they were there every day. And she touched my underwear. Yeah. Mm. It yeah. wasn't on me. It wasn't yeah. on me. It was in my drawer. There's a benchmark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, I, I addressed this in the speech and I talked directly to her and I said, thank you so much. And you're beautiful. And I love you. And then I talked to him and I read him what I wrote. Yeah. So I said, this is what I wrote to Kay. Shit. Yeah. Dude, fucking not a dry eye in the house. Yeah. Get out <laughs> of course. town. So, which is my goal. <laughs> what Make works. Yeah. Cry, right. So we, um, so I, I just, I read what I wrote to him and it's nothing poetic at all. Yeah. None of this shit was poetic, which yeah. was just real. I don't remember what it was. You're great. Whatever. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I was like bawling, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Like drop the mic, yeah. drop the speech, yeah. and turn around and hug him, and just yeah. tears. She hugs, ah. and and as we sort of parted, um, the party moved on, but people started kind of walking over and lined up near where we were, and so I was like, cool. Took a step back yeah. to let them talk yeah. to people, and they were all like, push the groom out of the way, push the bride out of the yeah. way, and they come to me, and I was yeah. like, yeah. and people had tears in their eyes, and yeah. they were like, thank you for sharing. Mm. And one woman, one of I don't remember whose family, uh, said my son died when he was 31 mm. and I've never talked about it. Mm. I'm going to talk about it. Um, you know, another person said I got in a really bad motorcycle accident. Mm. I was really embarrassed mm. and I, I, I limp now. He's like, I'm going to tell the truth, mm. you know? And it was like those moments. I was like, Holy shit, this is what I'm here for. This is the point. And so we talked before about serving, right. And mm. giving back and purpose. And that's why I don't believe I'm here to like be this. I don't know. Like it's not about me, you know? And yeah. those strokes were not about me. Um, I was living a really perfectly fine life. I think I had a good head on my shoulders. I was doing the, the quote unquote right things. So this did, it wasn't like, oh, I'm never smoking again or yeah. like, oh, I'm going to quit bowling or whatever. I don't know who quits bowling, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like a, like I'm going to yeah. stop doing this fucking thing. I did. Yeah. Whatever it was. It is, whatever oh shit. Is, you, yeah. Yeah. The it was problem in your life. Whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was, oh shit. I'm going to talk more and I'm going to be more transparent with the truth about myself because it's not easy to talk about. I mean, it is now I've talked about it so much for three years, so I don't mind. I'll talk about fucking anything. Yeah. And I'm generally, as long as it doesn't involve specific about another person. Yeah. And that's why I'm here, you know, yeah. it's specifically on this couch really close to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're so close right now, but, um, yeah. <laughs> so it was one of those things where I started sharing my story more and people at the wedding after I spoke would, it was uh, my buddy Murphy came up to me and he and I are, really close uh and and he he just looked at me kind of awkward like mm. kind of cocked his head and shook my hand like really awkwardly because yeah. that's how we, we do that yeah, on purpose because yeah, 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 we're both yeah, like yeah. like really funny and he shook my hand <laughs> and he just goes man i'm so glad you're here yeah and that was it Boom. such a simple and i was like you know yeah and then somebody else said it and then someone else said it and someone and so like the theme for me was just i'm so glad you're here yeah and it was really wonderful to have that experience and again it was wonderful to share. And at that point I sort of started telling my story a little more in I, um, just when it came up or I didn't like force it down people's throat. I hope I didn't. I mean, but I would just try to share that like 
dude, you got to be honest. You know, you got to be truthful, even if it's embarrassing. And I, what I suffered was not embarrassing at all. Of course, it wasn't not my, but still, it was the idea that you just got to be transparent. And what I adopted at that point was the more I share, the more free I feel. And so when we talk about freedom and travel, um, I've never been so emotionally free in my life. And now I'm geographically free, physically free. I'm able to just go. And it's like finally those two, like these two parts of my life are matched. Mm. And it feels fantastic, you know? So that's my long ass fucking story. Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> cool. Um, so you, you touched upon honesty. Did w- have you had problems, trouble with being honest with yourself in the past? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How do, you, how do you overcome that? Uh, a lot of fucking work. You got to read. I mean, I read a lot. I how do you identify that you're lying to yourself? Because uh, I've had issues with that. You know what I mean? You. Yeah, I think you do it enough, and you start. Seeing yeah, it. you start believing your own fucking lie. You yeah. Know what I mean, I, I. There's, there's like, uh, I think a lot of people um, blame others for their problems, and I did that a lot. And when I realized. I don't know how it was like there's no specific point, you know, you know how like you you grow, you don't grow once and then like, oh, I just learned this lesson right now. You know, it takes a long time and you have to do a lot of self-reflection. You got to dig deep. And I do a lot of digging deep. I write essays. And when I do write these essays, they're generally about like darker sides of things. And it's not because I'm a dark person. Uh, I'm pretty lighthearted, but yep. I have real feelings. We yep. all do. We all feel shitty about ourselves. Sometimes we all hate ourselves. Sometimes we all look in the mirror and think we're ugly sometimes. And we all lie to ourselves and you know, you're doing it when you Mm. do it. You just don't want to believe it. And I think what I learned it from being in relationships where I would take on responsibility for the other person's happiness, which was like really shitty. Like if my girlfriend's upset, then that means I have to fix it. That's impossible. It's unhealthy. You know, you can't change somebody's attitude. Somebody's, you know, I, I don't believe in that. I don't believe people make each other happy. I believe you make yourself happy. And sometimes people can make you laugh, but it doesn't mean you're happy. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But like, how do you, how <laughs> do you, you know, but sometimes yeah. people will, will convince themselves that someone else's happiness is their responsibility. Yeah. Which I did. Yeah. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you cut away from that? How do you make the choice between um, do being true to yourself or then pissing someone else off or piss being honest to yourself at the, co- at the cost of, you know, a relationship over or, or <laughs> stumped. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's but an awesome question because it's like, I, I had an excellent, my ex-girlfriend, yeah. uh, sort of the one person that I felt in my life who I, we both loved each other very dearly for moments yeah. and then it just didn't work out. But she was really good to, sh- to sort of, show me mm. that I was not responsible for her yeah. happiness. Um, so she was a huge like uh, teacher for me in that regard. Yeah. Without her, I don't know how long it would have taken her if I would still be that type of person. Yeah. But I saw that. I watched my parents do that. My dad um, always took on... Well, my parents had a tough relationship. They were divorced when I was like 10 or so. Yeah. But they were always really like... They battled a lot. Yeah. My dad hated himself when he was younger. Yeah. Um, my mom hated him. Yeah. Uh, when she was younger and they got divorced, which was like the greatest thing that ever happened in our family because now yeah. they're friends. Right. Which Interesting. is cool. Yeah. yeah. Like good friends. Because um, 
because now they create the relationship as a separate entity. Exactly. And that is that is you know if you take nothing out of that, people cup, people who are in relationships to take should they take that? It's you know that's your baby. That's your first. That's baby. the thing you got to nurture. Yeah. It's not nurturing. I mean, maybe it is. I'm not good at relationships, obviously, mm. but nurturing each other, of course. But that thing in between you. That's a great insight. You know, because it's like not. I mean, it's a, it's it's a third wheel, sort of, mm. but yeah. it's a wheel that needs oiling. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you know, for me, like I, I, I don't I, like I saw my dad, and he always felt responsible for everybody. Right. Like it was his fault. Everything was his fault. It was like reverse narcissism, <laughs> or yeah, whatever. Sure. But like, and I felt the same way. I grew up in his shadow, so I became that type of person that was like, you know, it was like, I felt like it was I could change people, you know, and it was generally always bad <laughs> when I did. Yeah. I made him angry. Or yeah. I don't know, man. Because you're trying to, yeah, one. and I have that problem. With, you yeah. know, I, and I, and, and, and in my enthusiasm, and I've lost friends because of this. I've lost good friends, or I've tested my relationship with friends to the point where they're like, back the fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, they haven't said that, but I've got vibes, like, where I'm so, I get so enthusiastic about what I see in them that potentially doesn't exist. Yep. And I, and I, and I try to push that down their throats or i try to get that rise out of them where they're they're not ready for that sort of you know to be that person for me or for themselves um and that causes me disappointment but then it also um really uh stresses it ruins the relationship it ruins what we had yeah exactly we start off with that's a great way to put it because that's i feel i've done that a lot yeah where I'm like, no, bro, you can do this. Yeah, you know what I mean. But just do like, it. Fuck, like, I'm like not no, I don't want to. Just yeah. fucking do it. Yeah. And then you're like, no. Yeah, and I and, and I go through it a lot. I have to to the point where my relationships are based. On, you know, I completely have to say, step back and say, hey, look, don't don't put stress on this because mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you might you might have expectations that you'll never meet, and you might see something in them that's completely away from who this person really is. Right. And you gotta res- you gotta be in the moment. Yeah. You gotta respect. Yeah. You gotta adapt. And that's what the world's all about. You yeah. know, I mean, you can't see, you know, just because a comedian, you meet a comedian on the street doesn't mean he's going to tell you jokes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. There's, are you a Star Wars fan? No, I, that is ah, another okay. regret. Sorry. Well, dude. for that all c- the that Star was a real Wars opportunity there. there. Yeah. All 10 of them who are listening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a great line in A New Hope when uh, Leia says to, what's his face, General Tarkin, she says, the more you tighten your grip, General Tarkin, the more star systems will slip through your fingers. Yeah. And it's the same thing. The more you tighten your grip on a relationship, yeah. that person is going to jet. It's like the sad. relationship's you know going mean? to yeah. strangle. Yeah. Like that thing in between you, yeah. it's going to die. Yeah. And I've learned over the past few years, and Claudia, my ex, was a huge help in the re- romantic sense because she was able to show me that I was strangling the relationship. Yeah. And then watching my dad and his transformation because he used to be an asshole when he yeah. was young and he's the fucking sweetest guy in the world now. And yeah. I, if you met him today, you'd be like, he was never mean, yeah. you know, but I've seen him change, which then showed me that I could, and I was yeah. way younger than him. Yeah. And so I was able to change sooner, if you will, totally. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And these are learnings that I'd love to incorporate into my life now while I'm able. Yeah. This <laughs> is this post campaign analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, post, post, uh, post stroke analysis, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And you know, I wanna, I, w- I wish that we would figure out human, like you know, we can figure out a way, or doctors can figure out a way to decipher what happens to a person when they're facing death or potential, you know, the end of their journey, and how that 
you know, some people react when they have time, but you know how some people go ex- learn to accept, like you said, and feeling almost happiness, you know, can mm-hmm. being content is one thing, but feeling happy and being okay with what you've achieved so far, because you're never going to get, get a chance to achieve anything more. It's something you can incorporate into your every day and say, Hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm here now. Yeah. But that's it. That's all it is. You just, you figured it out. You know, you can't diagnose that. You can't, I mean, not diagnose, but you can't like prescribe something for that. You gotta, and doctors have nothing to do with that shit, you know? So it's like, you gotta show up every day and do the fucking best you can. And every time I get on a plane, I think I'm going to die. I don't think I'm going to die, but I'm like, I acknowledge that. Yeah. And you, if you recognize that life is short and that life can be taken away from you at any moment. Yeah then what are you worrying about? Yeah, and, and practice being honest with yourself. Yeah. Learn to, to make those hard decisions for, for, your, for your own well-being. Exactly. And, and when you, the, like, decision-making is also interesting because for me, like, decision-making is, like, you can't just, it's not about the right decision. Yeah. You got to just make a decision, yeah. and it will be the right one. Yeah. And the benefit Stand is Stand by it, because at the time could, that you made the decision, everything, every, all signs led to go. Yeah, and you can always change your mind. That's another awesome that's thing what about life living is. life. Like you have options. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah. You know I'm like, I mean? fuck, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Call it a day. All right. Well, on that, I know you wanted to ask, you wanted to incorporate some sort of uh, question and answer oh, session yeah. with myself. Let's do that. Okay, perfect. Um, but then also, I'd like, if you have any questions for these guys, and or if you want to put Mac on the spotlight for something, whatever he did, or, or some... <laughs> Mac some wholeheartedly <laughs> said no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not answering any questions. So what I do this thing... It's cool how we all. Hopefully, I'm not drooling on this. Um, we all, it's cool how we all kind of have similar uh, vibes with what we want to do. Where we like, we all like meeting people and talking about things that matter. Yeah. Um, so one of the projects that I've been doing, I started in 2013 when I came here for the first time to Australia. Uh, I I I consider myself a photographer. Sure. I'm very amateur, but sure. I'm trying to learn how to shoot portraits. Sure. And part of that is I don't like just shooting people it's boring because you don't know them so what I like to do is interview people that I meet and uh, I ask five questions they're very open-ended they're like just general sort of but you can answer them as specifically as you want long as you want short as you want etc and I'm definitely going to hit you up for the audio on this because I don't want to have to record it as well (laughs) Um, five questions for as many as you want sure whatever you want Max Max done it he was actually I think my third victim or second victim yeah. Mm. Well, so, nope, different. But here's the deal. The, the the tough one is that the last question is the same. And that's tough though because then you guys start thinking about it. And then you'll be like, "Well, here's my answer. I'm fancy." So, let's okay. let's start with you. Sure. And see how it goes. Okay, done. I'm um ready. okay, so uh, based on the little that I know about you, I'm going to just kind of wing a couple. And you can answer as long as you want. I generally don't ask follow-up questions. Sure. It's just one and you go. Okay. And I know you probably will talk a lot. So. Okay. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. Um, I'm going to just jump right in because we're talking about, you know, we haven't really talked about family. I mean, I was talking about my parents, but for you, I'm curious, um, who is the most important person in your life? I can hear the crickets outside. It's, um, it's me really. I, I really think that I'm the most, because and this is gonna this is gonna sound weird. No, don't hate don't <laughs> don't hate me because you hate me. Well, giggles uh, from all around. No, but, but check. I see the world through my eyes only, and I feel like this whole. As a kid, 
and maybe even now, I think that this whole scene has been set up for me. This entire world is there to make my journey possible. And because I don't see, th I mean, I can empathize with people, but I don't see the world, I don't live each moment like the way I'd live with myself. And I am the person most aware of my shortcomings. I'm the person most aware of, of my strengths. And then there is more to me that I have to discover with the help of people that I live and spend my time with. So on every day, I have to make choices about how I deal with people, how I treat them, um, how I, you know, how, how do I enhance or take away from their life or my life. And so it's important that I am able to live with those choices that I make. And so I might not do myself justice, um, and I some days I might give myself more than I deserve, but the fact that that's under my control, um, and I'm the I'm the guy leading, you know, um, ca uh, the captain of my ship. For s you know, that's why it's important that I'm confident with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. There, there are people that I would like that I want to take care of. You know, there's my wife, there's my parents and stuff, because they've helped me, they've protected me in various shapes, you know, in various forms. Um, but at the at the end of the day, the most important important person is is myself. Yeah. And I don't do I, I don't always do the right thing by myself, right? Because love makes me do want to do things for other people, but that's okay as well. Yeah, you know I got I can live with that. Good. Yeah. Yeah, nice. and I've and I've never and I've never said this, but I really wonder whether this whole thing has been set up right for me to get through a journey. Yeah. And I'm sure every one of us feels that same way, you know, because you're like, how the fuck do I not have a different perspective on this? Mm. It's it's so crazy, right? It's so crazy. And and sorry for those who can't hear us, but Mac just said that that's a universal emotion. Yeah. Um, but it's so interesting. It's so unique, which makes me, you know, I can connect this to God so easily. For sure. You know, or that higher power that you mentioned. Yeah. But it's you know, it's it's such a, um. We don't know, like right. you know. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Question. That's question one. Sweet. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll All get right. there. Um, no, I, I dig it, man. Uh, let's do question number two. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, what's the most difficult thing that you've ever had to do? There's so many. Like I just um, accepting my shortcomings has been fucking hard. You know what I mean? And it's been an ongoing. It's you know it every. Every now and then I get I get these sort of insights into myself. <coughs> and so the easy the, the good insights aren't difficult to deal with. You're like, oh yeah, I'm cool, I know it. But it's like, you know, it started from when I threw my first party at my house for my school friends and two two people showed up. You know what I mean? And that 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 happened. Like you know what I mean? I, and I thought and that's that was before I changed school. I thought I was never gonna change schools and I changed schools. And then, you know, um, realizing that I didn't, I was sad about the results for the hard work that I didn't put in. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Coming to terms with that is like, hey, you know, there's there's a price to pay for, you know. So not, so those truths, those moments of truths about myself, about myself are, are the hardest things that I've had to deal with. 
Um, and there will be things that are harder than that. You know, I see around myself a support group that I'm getting every each day. I'm getting more comfortable with, more relying on them emotionally more and more. Um, and when that goes away, you know, and a, a, and and an example is when par- a parent finds out that their kids had a stroke, mm. or the kid is no more, mm. you know, or a baby that was born that they right after birth is is died, and that th- you have nothing to show for those nine months that you were taking care of that baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's got to be hard. Yeah. And it's you know, my dad is getting older, my mother's getting older, you know, my entire life has been being brought up by them by them learning from them and that when that learning stops where do i go these are questions that i ask myself but um to date the things that i've had the most difficulty with or is 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 uh accepting myself yeah yeah right on cool okay good um number three okay how do you define being in love Again, crickets. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. How do I define being in love? What when when you feel the need irrationally, when you when you have the irrational need to look after someone, um, even when they don't reciprocate, that's that's got to be love, right? That's got <laughs> that's got to be that's because there's no fucking equation to it. Like you know what I mean? There's no when you feel th- when you s- when you smile to yourself when that other person's around about something they said and they don't even know what they said, that's got to be, you know. Mm-hmm. And when something, if, y- if you're thinking about them when they're not there and something that makes you smile, um, yeah, I think when you want to, you know, someone who bring who takes you out of yourself is is love for me, yeah. When you, when you want to take care of someone more than they, you know, more than they ask for, or yeah. you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Or just just when you don't have to think about, mm. when you don't have to justify you being there around them. Yeah, and it could be it could be between a husband and wife, or boyfriend and a girlfriend, or a guy friend. When you don't have to think twice about g- being in contact, and you're totally comfortable with, you know, farting is a really good way <laughs> to <laughs> to finally. Fart jeez, we've been talking for like two <laughs> hours, and finally we bring up fart R- jokes. Really, it's about farting. If you can, if you can release gas in front of someone <laughs> and not worry about what they're gonna say, that's really that's, that's what love. it is. Yeah, yeah. fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's that's the best answer I've ever heard. Um, okay, fourth question: What was the last thing that made you cry? Oh, this is uh, this can't be that far. How I met my wife. Is a is a mixture of uh, what you would call an arranged marriage, as well as me trying to justify to myself totally that yeah this is fucking I I I love this girl and it's my choice before anyone else's choice but really uh, <laughs> there was there was there were influences there and I wouldn't go as far as saying my balls are in my parents' hands but <laughs> I would I would say maybe they are I just don't want to accept that yet but but it's um, I met this girl, right? And we met through fr- family friends. And um, we got, you know, one thing led to the other. Uh, I'm marrying, uh, you know, and we're, uh, and, and we're I'm going to marry this person. And so in Pakistani weddings, there's three events, right? Um, there is a sort of a party, a dance-off, like a party, 
right? It's a, it's a very, yeah, it's legit. Like, it's, I, I'll show you videos like this. So, what happens is, it's a casual affair. You know, you don't, you can grow a beard and you can chill, and you're wearing, wearing just colorful clothes. Um, and it's, it's like, it's like a little party, um, dancing, dance-off sort of session with food and friends, amongst, um, like between the groom side and the bride side, and it's like the first sort of interaction they have as a family between each other, right? So it's a dance-off, um, and and there was a stage set up in um, in 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 Hadra, my wife's um, my wife's hometown, which is the Gold Coast, um, and I was standing at the stage. And I don't. And I was waiting for her to arrive. So I, I had my entry with my my crew, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, crew love, <laughs> walking in, and um, I had my all my these guys were all there. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, that was my entry into the hall, right? Uh, and the next one to show up was was Hadra with obviously there was a build up, and her family was gonna come in with the bride in the front leading the way. And so I'm standing on the stage. So I stood up when she was about when when the song came yeah, on, and yeah. I that was the cue, and I stood up. <coughs> and it was a fuck like it's fucking annoying like you know it was this <laughs> hall right this long <laughs> hall and i could see her walking up to, to me from like from a mile away yeah. <laughs> yeah and i and i was like oh this is you know um and i and i saw this this person walking towards me and i you know how you said you had tunnel vision yeah i couldn't i couldn't see anything else anyone else yeah. except for this w person walking towards me and i was like fuck, this is it, this is my future. Like, you know, because you don't go into something like a, a, a marriage expecting it to fall apart. You know, yeah. you always yeah, go with the course. purest intentions. Yeah. And so I see this person coming and I'm like, this is my future. This is my, you know, this is the next whatever, however many years I have on this earth. And that, that whole emotion of me finally having to share my, you know, the scene that's set up for me mm -hmm. with someone else mm -hmm. uh, on, a, on a level that is going to be closer than anyone else. You know, like this person is going to touch my underwear. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> what I mean? it's, it's, yep. all, it's, you know, that's her. That's the job description. Like you know, th those are our KPIs, <laughs> you know. And so this person is going to go through my closet and everything. They're going to know everything. Yeah. The good and the bad is going to be in front of her. I'm going to have to be honest with her, s her as well as myself. And so I see that coming towards me and it's like, this is the future. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm I'm faced with my with the next whatever you meant, and that cry and I couldn't stop. Yeah. Like I fucking yeah. I turned around because yeah. I was this is fucking embarrassing. <laughs> and the person standing next, yes. the person standing next to me was like literally. She looked <laughs> so she my cousin was standing next to me and she looked at me and she she looked at her mom who was off stage. For, it's like he's crying. <laughs> like, yeah. what's his deal? Like you know what I mean? Oh, um, yeah. So that That's was awesome. that was uh, and that fucking video cameras. Capture of that. course, yeah, like of course. The motherfuckers. No, awesome. it's not on YouTube. Like, it's not a cat video. Like, but it's it's you know, <laughs> it, I, it, that was uh, and that's fantastic. Yeah, they mentioned it in the fucking wedding and the events of afterwards course. as well. Yeah, but um, yeah, that was cool. when I was truly helped. Like, I felt yeah. like, oh shit. Yeah, that was my oh shit moment. Good. Mm. All right, that's fan that's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, great crowd response too. I'll yeah. have to. It'll be fun to transpose that whole thing. Yeah, transcribe <laughs> it all. That's gonna suck. Yeah. But uh, last question. All right, hit me. And this is the same one I asked for everybody. Sure. Uh, let me just read it properly because I never read it right. What will you miss the most when you're gone? I'll miss not being able to experience or having the opportunity to experience the things that I didn't experience. Because I always say to a car, I, 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 and, and my friends, I said, look, if I was to honestly write down 10 things that I want to do in this life, I'll maybe get to do four. 
even if I try really hard, mm-hmm. you know, and if I'm honest about what the list, you know, because there's things you see around the world and you're like, fuck, I'd love to do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we went to Sydney the other day and I saw these people living this beach lifestyle, surfing and stuff, and I was like, shit, I can't afford to do it right now, but that's such a good... So, the thing, when I'm gone, the thing that I would miss the most is not being able to experience the world that I didn't experience. Yeah. Because there is so much out there mm. and there's so much going on, you know, and, it, you know. But then the other answer is I won't miss anything because I won't be here. There you, you know go. I mean? Yeah. So... But there's, you know, it's the only, f- <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's the, that's the logical yeah, answer, but you know, um, it's harder being here and people leaving you than it is for you to go away. And Definitely. So that's, you know, yeah. Cool. That's it. That's the end of my portion. Thank so you. So now we could talk. But okay, on that note, I never ask any follow up questions because yeah. I don't want to direct yeah. the flow. But um, you had the same answer. You said that it would be. Um, you said if you if I asked you that question, which now I can't. <laughs> now um, you'd say you wouldn't miss anything because you'd be gone. But what what then? What do you think about the afterlife? Because in theory, right? If they're it, depending on what you believe, but you said that's a logical answer. Mm-hmm. Is it really though? Is it really a logical answer to say nothing because you're dead? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel like people who believe that there's no afterlife, they would just dead in the ground, bump, done. So you can't miss anything because you don't have any emotions anymore. You don't have any desires. But for you... Can I, can I add one? Yeah. I'll just add one thing before I, before I hand the mic over. Yeah. Um, I do think about the situation where I'm faced with the higher being, God, and yeah. stuff. And they go, hey, what do you want to do? Yeah. You got this le- uh, le- uh, this key to the city, key to yeah, the totally. universe, pretty much. Yeah. What do you want to do? I'd like to go relive moments again. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Change? Be like, you know, put Change me in the same things? situation. No. I just, just be like, put me in, in it. Si- and yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, I know, <laughs> like, you know, without without fear of um, shit hitting the fan. Right, like, I'll yeah. be like, you just put me in those situations again. I want to experience right. these moments. Yeah. You know? You wouldn't cry on the stage, though, I bet. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> well, I would probably wouldn't be on the stage. You know what I mean? Like, I'd, you know, I'd, it'd be different. Like, you know, you it's it, you have you, you have what you have and you yeah. you've enjoyed what you've had. Yeah. Um, but then there are things out there that you'd love to, you know, I'd love to be walking through the Amazon and not worry that if a snake bites me, I'm going to die. Totally. Yeah. Cause I'm already dead. Like, I mean, I'm living. I'm but isn't that then what we were talking about before? Why no, worry like, about like why like worry about that? It's like the restart button but at the games. Yeah, no, I get it. Like yeah. where you regenerate yeah. in the same spot, <laughs> yeah. but but like what then? But isn't that the point though? Like you go outside, I might get hit by a truck. Am I going to stay inside all day? No, you just go outside. You cross the street. Yeah, right. You go to the Amazon if you want to yeah. go to the fucking Amazon. If the fear Amazon. is gone, where does the adrenaline rush even kick in? You know what I mean? Well, but yeah. that's the but that's the issue. You're talking about like in the afterlife. They're like, oh, you just go back because you know that you're already dead, so it doesn't matter. Isn't that life? We're already dead. Yeah. We're all going to die. Yeah. So you're already dead. So what are you doing? Right. Right. You I don't know. I just feel like there's <laughs> shit I'd like to not pay Fuck for. Fuck the Amazon. I just want to like go <laughs> hang out. <laughs> I just want to travel without having to pay for a ticket. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like All right, time, fine. You know fine, fine, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, train I don't even know. <laughs> but the idea about like the logical choice of, of when you die. The reason I said it doesn't matter, uh, it doesn't matter for me, not because I'm only, because I'm dead, but because if there is something forward, then I'd, I would I would want to look forward to that thing rather than worrying mm-hmm. about what's happened now. Yeah. Um. So that's something for for me to figure out when I die. I don't know if there is or not. Obviously, um, if I believe in my religion, there is, but 
I still want to experience it and see if there is something after that. Right. So that that's my yeah. There you go. Understanding of that. Yeah. But yeah. Right on. Cool. Thank you so much, Steve, for taking Thank the time out, and we have we had an amazing chat and, and loved talking to you. I know there were there were aspects of your music and your writing that we couldn't touch that's in this time, good. but. Um, I think we really wanted to know who the fuck is Steve and we got to know more of more of you rather than yeah. knowing a certain profession or an aspect of your life which is writing or, mus- or being a musician or being a photographer so yeah. Um, and yeah if you want to do it further we can do it on Skype later or something like that but no, nah, I mean, honestly, yeah. you guys have been, uh, it's been a pleasure just to, I love, again, I love meeting new people. It's great to have conversations that matter. And thank you for having me in your home. It's it's wonderful nah. to, to have this experience. Nah. Thanks for taking yeah. the time out and We'll be in touch. All right. Cheers. Cheers.